DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse. They'll be at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Ah, boom. Time to welcome in Dylan Cauley, the former BYU wide receiver. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? Good. I got multiple things I'm ready to run by you. I can't wait to hear your opinion on these things. Are you ready? Lovely. Can't wait. (laughs) So I'm watching BYU. Grind out that 28-14 win over San Diego State. And I thought there were many parts of that game that were pretty predictable and about what you'd expect. And one of them was BYU uh, playing all right, but just no spark. And I thought, you know, okay, emotional letdown. You just lost this game. It went down to the final play, the final yard, all that stuff. There's bound to be a little of a letdown. And they summoned enough to win the game. They're the better team. They won by two scores. But then I'm looking at some of the responses yeah. on, on Twitter. And um, Brady Papinga thinks that there's a uh, kind of a breakdown of the, you know, lack of explosiveness, a breakdown of the physical conditioning. Guys who were dominating early in the season just physically aren't in a place where they can dominate now. And I wonder how much of, the, of either of those things did you see? Did you see them both? Did you see neither? What was going on there? Uh, well, first of all, I will say that I was actually at the game, uh, and it was beyond freezing. <laughs> and so that could be one aspect uh, of the, right, uh, uh, playing a game in the second week of December in Utah at what? I think it was, it got down to 18 degrees. Um, <clears throat> it is different. That's not like a normal circumstance. And so I think that does have a little bit of an effect on the physical aspect of the game. Um, on the rest of that, yeah, I think guys are a little bit worn out. I think it is tough in a situation to come off a loss and say, hey, uh, how do I, you know, um, how do I get as excited as I was when I was playing for an opportunity to play in, you know, potentially a New Year's Six Bowl or even having the momentum of playing in a playoff game? And uh, it's, it can it can be tough. <laughs> I've never been in that situation. Uh, never on a team that good. But I I'd imagine that you know being able to kind of really stay in a hundred percent and play with that same kind of fire uh, could be a little bit difficult for a team. So we've talked about this uh, several times. After Zach has the great game up in Idaho, you go down the podium and say he's going to go down as one of the best, if not the best, and. Mm-hmm. And and you you stand by that, and, and you know you're looking like you you got a decent claim to all that stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask you as far as what do you thought about Isaac Rex because he's just a freshman, if I understand it correctly, and mm-hmm. he's to me he's looking good. So how would you evaluate him against all the other great tight ends that BYU had? Are you prepared to be bold like you were with Zach? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I think I think Isaac. Um, the thing about Isaac is Isaac has the right. If, if you watch Dennis, you know, uh, in Dennis's juniors and senior year, and then in the NFL, there was such an aspect of what looked to be a natural receiver uh, that made him so great, right? But then you add the physicality and his ability to block. Uh, and that combination is really what makes him, you know, what makes Dennis uh, and, and Chad, you know, the, the best tight ends 
at BYU ever was, was the combination of both. Um, and you're seeing how good of a receiver, right, Isaac Rex is. And as soon as he adds that physicality where, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we only saw Isaac for two more years. Um, it would make sense. Uh, and so, you know, do I think that he's going to put up astronomical numbers in terms of catches and things like that as, um, as Dennis and, and Chad? Maybe not, but I think we'll be able to talk about him in, in that conversation with those two. And I do think that he has the opportunity to have a very, very long NFL career. Uh, if you just look at the kid physically, right? he's, a, he's an absolute specimen. So I, I, like, I like our chances there. When you mention uh, a freshman already leaving early, I think the youth fans looking at Ty Jordan thinking the same thing. Do you think that we are going to see a, a trend where more players leave early? Because we've seen a little bit of it here. We haven't seen a lot. Most of the NFL guys have gone after four years of college football. There have been a few exceptions, but most have gone after four years. Is that about to change? Uh, I don't Honestly, I don't think it's about the change. I don't think it's about the change. I think right now is a very special time in terms of talent. If you watch, like, Ty Jordan, is, that dude is unbelievably explosive, right? He has um, some of the things that he's able to do in terms of the breakaway speed. And, and you can just tell, uh, what was it, I think in the fourth quarter, when Colorado turned the ball over and it was like the first play Mm -hmm. and he went like 75 yards, right? Like it's those little things that you see in players that isn't just the physical, but also the mental of like, he knows he's going to get the ball. Right. And at that moment, as soon as that ball turned over and he knew that, you know, uh, coach Ludd called his number, it was like, yeah, there's only one option here and that's the score. And that's what separates people from being, a good football player, right? And, and a division one talent to, okay, this guy is what an NFL football player is like physically and mentally. So you got the Boca Raton. And those are rare breeds. Yeah, I would agree with that. It looks like that's where he's heading. As far as the bowl game goes, you know, it's an opportunity to play a game and you get to go to Florida. So there's some positive. Central Florida has got a program of, of some renown here. Obviously they had the great season a couple years back. So, they're a decent program, but at the same time, this particular season, they're fourth in the AAC, and their three losses, although they were close, one was literally only one point. Cincinnati, I think, was one score. So it's not like they were blown yeah. out, but they are fourth. Is it sort of a mixed bag as far as what BYU has ahead of them, or how do you look at it? Yeah, I mean, UCF isn't uh, a light, right? UCF is... Uh, in my opinion, right, it would be like the Boise State of the East. Um, they're a lot more talented. They have a lot more athleticism. They have a lot more speed than Boise does. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm extremely excited about this game because UCF is such a good program, and they have been for the last five or six years consistently. They've put out plenty of NFL talent. Um this isn't just, you know, walking into some Cinderella story like, like Coastal Carolina. Uh, this is a legit program that's, you know, made, made power five, power five teams kind of worry. And, um, 
you have a game that's set up to be an absolute uh, attack through the air. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's really going to give BYU the chance to kind of redeem itself from Coastal Carolina. Uh, and it also kind of gives the guys more of that fire that we were kind of talking about in the beginning, right? This game isn't just a, a walk in the park. It's, you know, not just some lousy bowl. Like, you get to be in Florida, it's going to be warm, uh, and the ball's going to get thrown probably uh, 100-plus times, which is always fun to watch. So I'm looking at uh, the night, some of the night scores here. PK mentioned the one-point loss to Memphis. That was 50-49. to They beat Tulane 51-34. Cincinnati game was a 36-33 loss, and they beat USF 58-46. So am I going to assume that the BYU offense should go out there and score 40 points in this game? Yeah, you have to. That's the only thing. That, that's, that's the only way you're going to beat UCF, right, is you have to put up. I mean, if you even look at the ones, the, the, the close games, right, I think what was the Cincinnati game? Thir- Cincinnati yeah. put up like 33 points or something? 36-33, Cincinnati won. Yeah, so so the only chance that you have at winning is putting up more than 30 points, and it's going to be a shootout. Could you explain how much fun it is uh, when you go to a bowl game? Not Obviously, the game speaks for itself, but all the other stuff that the players are going to miss out this year because of the COVID that they're not doing for each of the bowl games? Oh, there, is, there are very few things. This is how fun bowl games are. We went to the Idaho Potato Bowl in December, and I still consider it like one of the funnest weeks of my life. There is, uh, there, there are very few things. Just to be with your team, right? Your family gets to be there. In my case, uh, you know, even in 2016, when uh, we stayed in Hawaii, right? We Hawaii played in the Hawaii Bowl, and we stayed in Hawaii and got to stay in the. Uh, Waikiki uh, area and they had a really nice hotel, the Moana Surfrider. And it was the first year that my wife and I were married uh, and being one of two married guys on the team, right? We got like the nicest suite in the entire hotel, right? You get all the free food. My wife unfortunately had to go to work during the day and I just got to hang out by the pool and be with my (laughs) friends. Uh, There is, there, there are few things in this world that are more fun than, than bowl games. And so when guys, you know, like seniors don't get the chance to really experience and, and have to be worried about, oh, am I, you know, being, am I social distance enough? Who's, who's uh, maybe watching me, right? These guys are going to have to be on their toes and on their heels the entire time, which doesn't make it as fun. But, you know, when you get to play a team like UCF and, uh, and being Florida, I guess yeah, that makes up for some of it. I just looked up the Moana Surfrider on uh, on Google Maps to see how close you were to the water. Hey, Yak, four hotels down <laughs> from the Halakalani. Good neighborhood. Yeah. Solid neighborhood. That's a exactly. win for you right there, Dylan. Uh, 100%. Listen, I didn't live more than a mile and a half from the beach for four years. <laughs> so I wake up and look at the snow and wish I was back every single day. 
So how many of these uh, goofy things that we see really resonate with the players? In the Vegas Bowl, I've seen them do stuff uh, downtown. Uh, we've seen, uh, seen all-you-can-eat contests, linemen just throwing down massive amounts of food. That, that may sound goofy to some of us, but some of them may really resonate with players. What if those events jumps out at you? Yeah, those are. Uh, you have a hundred what, a hundred and three guys generally traveling to a bowl game, and so you've got a hundred and three different personalities. And so, to some guys, right, it's you know, uh, a lot of the activities like that are kind of boring, and you're just excited to move on to uh, really whatever else, maybe the free time, right? But you do get a few guys uh, that absolutely just love it. Right. It's like their favorite thing in the entire world, which is awesome to see because it's awesome to see everyone in their different environments. And to be honest, the bowl week is really where you get to know a lot of your teammates because you're spending more recreational time with them. Even if you don't hang out with guys outside of the locker room, you're now having this opportunity to constantly be around them in this loose, fun uh, environment for four or five straight days. I want your thought on the Utah State situation. I know it's not your school, but you know, you've been in this state for a long while. Your family has a tradition and a history in this state. Uh, what do you think that the damage could be for Utah State with this idea of, of the president uh, making these comments against the uh, uh, Polynesians, LDS people? Because it seems like you know, if you want to have a successful program in this state, you better have both of those components. A lot of times those components are one and the same. So you think there will be any long-term damage there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and until the, until the Polynesian culture is represented in a way um, uh, that is respected, right, that is put as a priority uh, at Utah State and by the leadership, they're not going to be able to find a way back, uh, especially with recruits, recruits here, um, recruits in the islands, uh, whether it be Hawaii or, you know, in, in the South Pacific, you know, you have now put yourself in a position to kind of expose um, the ignorance, right, and what you truly understand about a people who, uh, <laughs> sorry, I, uh, um, you know, being in being a part of the uh, the UH program and playing for right, we talked about this before. Uh, the reason that I chose to play at Hawaii was because it stood for something greater, right? It was a lot like BYU. It was the closest thing to BYU where we were playing for something more than just a team or a name, uh, and so throughout the last six years being around the Polynesian culture in a way that is, you know, different. And a lot of, uh, you know, people that I would call my family, my brothers are, are Polynesian, my, my, my favorite coaches of all time, and including Norm and, and Kalani uh, being Polynesian. If, if you don't respect the attributes that they carry uh, if you don't look at what Ken Niamatololo uh, does, if you don't look at what Kalani does, and, and you don't see the absolute greatness uh, to have someone who is fundamentally and culturally committed to being greater and to standing for what's right and to stand for what is family, 
then then yeah, you're pretty much a lost cause. And so I don't see Utah State coming back from this for a very long time. Um, I noticed that they did bring back Chucky Keaton to to the program, and I think that is a step in a direction of hey, at least we're trying to bring people to show that Utah State still does you know hold diversity to to a high standard. Um, but to really take full advantage of you know some of the greatest football players and people, you're going to need to show the priority that that the Polynesian culture takes. And sorry, that was a bit of a long answer, but I've been thinking about this all week, and it, it uh, sat with me a little different. Dylan, we appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks for coming on with us again. Of course, Solace. You guys have a great week.